0: what I believe isn't what I say I believe. What I believe is what I do. Isn't that true? Like we could say, man, it's really important to minister to homeless people and uh but if we don't ever do it we've it's just a good idea but we really don't believe it it's really important to minister to to people that are shut-ins or or at nursing homes or it's really important to do service projects but if we never do it then it's really we just believe it's a good idea but we don't really believe in it i i want to commission us as a church next sunday to go and be the hands and feet of jesus and you may have opportunities to, uh, to just love people. You may have an opportunity, if you've got some Holy Spirit boldness, to share, to share good news with them, to pray with somebody. Here's, the, here's what we're going to do. Number one, Crossroads uh, Rescue Mission is uh, we're going to go and minister to the homeless. We're going to help with uh, serving food. We're going to decorate uh, uh, Christmas cookies. And we're going to just sit down and talk with them and have a good time and, and minister and hopefully have some opportunity to pray with people. Um, in addition we're going to have to do a hands-on service project and this project is going to be where we're helping to buy um uh mini blinds for crossroads they don't have they don't have blinds they, some of them are putting towels or blankets up over their windows and all of this and i think right now they have about 75 people that are that are living there and they said that would it, would you guys be willing it would it would be a, a help and so those of you with handyman skills you can come and help install mini blinds for them and um then we've got two nursing homes that just need us to come and love on them. Mother Hole Nursing Home. And this group, um, we're, we're going to be decorating cookies, playing a game, handing out gift bags that the Salvation Army is uh, providing, and opportunities to pray with them and all of that. And then Mount Carmel. And, and actually at Mount Carmel, we at least have one. I think we have one person that's a member of our church. We might have two. So it's going to be cool to go. They can never come here, and we get to go. We get to go to them, and uh, we're going to be singing some Christmas carols at that one, so if you, like, uh, if you like singing Christmas carols, even if you don't, do it anyways, and then, uh, and then we'll be handing out bags for them and visiting with the residents, and so, isn't that just a great opportunity? Don't you guys think? Everybody at once? Yay! <laughs> oh. oh, I think we have someone at Mother Hole. Yeah, she said, uh, uh, isn't that, that's uh, Elizabeth. Is that Mother Hole? So, I isn't that's just a cool thing to be able to go there when when they can rarely, rarely come here. So, um, let's do that next week. I am I'm excited. Um, Jesus and money. Nice transition. This will be this will be the last week in, in this uh, topic, and uh, um, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about it for just a second now. Kind of the theme. If you've been here, and, and we've we've had some weather and some different things, and so you may have you may have missed one of the messages. Let me catch us up for a second. In this in this topic, we're talking about. Um, what kind of mindsets did Jesus have? And I think sometimes, depending on, on whatever home we grew up in or whatever church we grew up in, we just assume that Jesus thought this or thought that. Some people grew up in a home and, and Jesus thinks we should have a red Lamborghini. And then some other person grew up in a home that Jesus thinks that we should take a vow of poverty. And we're like, well, there's probably some truth in between there, right? Like, what was, what was Jesus thinking? And did you know this that Jesus talked about money more than almost any other thing? And and as I was as I was thinking about this, when Jesus talks about money or resources and all of this, like why why would he spend so much time? Is it because like he he didn't have enough and wanted people to give more? You know, what was the, is, is is there lack in the kingdom of God? And so so Jesus said, hey, let's talk about money. We want people to you know write a big check before you leave church today. Because he, I think that maybe there was another reason. I think it comes down to this. This uh, verse, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, Solomon wrote it. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. When we look at that verse, I think all of a sudden it makes it clear. Jesus wasn't uh, operating out of lack and he wasn't talking about money all the time because he needed more. He, he was talking about one of, those, one of those things that's on our heart that's really hard to trust him with. If we would all be honest in this room, there's at least been a time in your life when it was hard to trust God with your resources. Uh, is it just me? You know, there's one week, have you ever had a blessing? Have you ever had like a financial blessing? Have you ever had like a random check in the mail or somebody bought your food? Or I remember one time I, w- I was growing up and we came home and we didn't have a, a, a lot at the, in this season and all of our cupboards were full of Groceries. I mean, it was like, if you, you had something, something happen, you know. Have you also ever had a time where, it, where there was lack? Yeah, I, I remember some of those times, too. In fact, I've, I've, just recently, there, was, there, was, there were weeks of blessing, and then there was also a bill that came in the mail. And I'm like, oh, thank you, God, and oh. You've probably been there, too. And so, so uh, this whole idea, I think Jesus talks about money because he just simply wants you to trust him with all your heart and it's so easy for us to not trust him with that simple, simple thing with our resources. The serious thought that, uh, that we have for, the, for these four weeks has been this. God really does love me and I can trust him with everything. What if we just operated like that? Every day? And regardless of, of money, notice that that thought doesn't say money, it just says everything. I can trust him with my children, I can trust him with my marriage. I can trust him with my job. I can trust him with whatever. God really does love me. Anyone believe that in here? That God really does love you? I mean, he really does. I am, I, I'm not lying. <laughs> he really does love you, and you can trust him with everything. The, we, we started talking about Luke chapter 16. For every, I think every week I've referenced Luke 16, and, and this is what Jesus says. He says, I tell you, use worldly wealth. He goes on, he talks about it here a little bit, but the thing that, that I I like there is that he's not saying, you know, hide it under a rock or or all of it give it all away. He just says he says use it. But then he goes on and he talks about it a little bit more. He says he says uh, to gain friends for yourself so that when it's gone you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. He says whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much and whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. And so here in verse 11, he says, So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? wow i mean that's an incredible point in fact he, i think true riches are a lot, all of these all of the things of the kingdom that he wants to give you and entrust you with i think it includes spiritual gifts i think it includes uh, life and and health and peace and joy and i mean i think it's all of the intangibles i think he's just he's saying here if i can't trust you with money how can i trust you with what's even more valuable than money and he goes on in verse 12, he says, and, and if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? I, I think as you read, and most theologians believe Jesus was saying, um, it, you know, if, if I can't trust you with your, the, the things I've given you, right? I mean, I'm not going to give you more. You keep asking for more. And I, can't, I, I don't know. Like you're not stewarding what I've given you well. Verse 13, he goes on, he says, he says, no one can serve two masters. It's impossible. Either you'll hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve what? Both God and money. Today we're going to talk about a word called contentment. That's the, the title for today. It's just contentment. And this is, this, it's, a, it's a good topic for this season, but man, I've been finding this is a good topic just for my life oh my goodness, I, I feel like the Lord's been dealing with this area of contentment for months and months. It's just like around every corner there's an opportunity to not be content. And we're to kind of, like, what's it mean to be content? And everyone's got different ideas and different thoughts, and we all know this is biblical, but then we talk about it and we're like, oh, here we go again. You know, just be, be okay with what I have. Here's the thought. I can be generous with what I have when I'm content with what I have we've talked multiple weeks about it. it doesn't matter if you have a little or, or if you have a lot, that, that there's a mindset, there's something going on in our heart that, that really if I, if I don't, if I'm not generous now, I'm not going to be generous then. If, I, if I'm not content now, I'm not going to be content then. I can be generous with what I have when I'm content with what I have. I actually think generosity flows out of contentment. You can have all the money in the world and not be generous. You could have be living paycheck to paycheck and be the most generous person. And so he's, we're addressing, and I think through Jesus, as we watch his life and we watch some of his thoughts, he was super content. The first week I, I, I submitted this to you, I just said, you know what, um, Jesus wasn't poor. And then I said, and he doesn't want you to be poor. But you know this? Jesus was super content, and he lived sacrificially. <laughs> he, he he absolutely thought, you know what? Um, there's a person that's in need. I'm going to give it to him. Um, he he wasn't controlled by by money. He, he he sat there and decided, you know what? I I I've got it all, and I'm and he never he never operated out of lack. He never sat there and thought, what am I going to do? All of these people are sitting in front of me wanting food, and I've never experienced this before. Some people think, well, that's why he told his disciples, you give them something to eat. (laughs) No. He never operated out of lack. He knew who his father was. And he thought, you know what? There's a possibility for a miracle around every corner. And when it looks like I don't have enough, there's actually more than enough. For a few weeks, we've kind of been in and out of Matthew's account. We just talked about Luke's account. Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 says this, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. And I wanted to focus on this statement. Uh, what you will, what, what's he say? What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Don't worry about it. Now, I, when, when, I, when, I, when I see that, I think, you know what? He's just talking about our basic needs right now. Right, right here. We're he, he, we're not necessarily talking about about all of these other wants and all of these things, and and you know the the next like Apple Watch or the next like you know all the commercials are showing like the those little devices you sit in your home and you can talk to them and then they do stuff and like like Alexa and what Google Home or I don't know. I mean. We're not, we're not necessarily talking, we're just talking about food, water. I think in our day and age, like they didn't have cars, so maybe like gas in your car, a roof over your head. I think he's talking about our basic, our basic needs right here. And he says, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. He says, is, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And you're like, well, tell that to somebody who doesn't have food right now. Tell that to somebody when it's wintertime and doesn't have clothes. Like, right? They're like, yeah, Jesus, that works out in a sermon. That doesn't necessarily work out in real life. Have you ever thought like that? You come to church and you hear me preach, and it man, it works, it works out good in here. It, isn't it good when it also works out there? I think so. And Jesus is He's just. Full of faith. Don't worry. He's probably talking to people who are worrying. Don't worry about food. We're just talking about basic needs right now. Any of you have like $1.50 in your bank account and just don't know how you're going to eat today? You say, hey, don't worry. (laughs) Don't worry about it. You're like, food or gas? I think I can go without food for what, 40 days? We'll do gas. Now, if we're talking about water, that's another story. it's not that he doesn't care about other things that I care about or that I want. He's just right here. I think he's focusing on our basic needs because if we can be content with the basic needs, we're going to be content when we have more. If we can't be content right now, we're not going to be content then. It's, he's saying, if I can't be content on this basic level, I'm not going to be content when I have more. And contentment will always be the proverbial carrot hanging out in front of me. It'll always be that. No, no matter what season you're in, no matter how much you have, it'll always be that. He goes on in Matthew 6, verse 27. He says, can any, of you, any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Any testimonies on that? Anybody have more life now because you've worried? Come on, we, we did marriage testimonies. Let's do worrying testimonies. Anybody? Anybody you've added, like, just extra time to your life. You have extra, more abundance. In the, maybe it's not talking about time. Maybe it's talking about fullness of life. Anybody have more fullness of life because you worried? Absolutely not. You know that. goes on in Matthew 6, uh, skip to verse 31. And he says, so do not worry. Saying, what shall we eat? Now we go back and we look at these. What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Again, basic needs. For the pagans, run after all these things. Now, I, I mean, I I get tired. Sometimes we just read through scripture. We do our devotional. I had uh, to prepare for a sermon. I had to sit there and think, oh, "What's this mean?" I just I kind of chuckled. I was like, Whoa, "Wait, wait a minute! This isn't just the pagans. <laughs> we're, we're not talking about red Lamborghinis." Like we're talking about food. Everyone say it with me. Food. We're talking about clothes. All the ladies say clothes. We're, we're, that's, all, that's all we're talking about. Drink. I mean <laughs> the pagans run after those? Don't run after those? The pagans run after those? You guys, you guys with me on the same same page? Like, what's Jesus trying to say here? All the all the pagans. All the pagans want to eat and have clothes. You shouldn't. <laughs> Try that out. We got some starving naked people. I don't think that's what he's talking about. He says, "Then your heavenly Father knows what you knows that you need them." I think we're starting to get a little bit closer. He's like the pagans, and you want to know what the what, what he's really saying? Pagans. I like it in another in another translation. Um, it actually means unbelievers. Uh, Matthew 6, verse 32 says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. In the New Living Translation. Like, so in other words, we're saying, hey, all these things that I'm worried about, even my basic needs that I'm worried about, he's like, the, the unbelievers, like that, those are the thoughts that dominate their life. Where am I gonna find food? Where am I gonna get clothes? My my kids need a, a winter jacket. My my you know, I, I've only got Campbell's soup. I've you know you're like, I, I don't know, I don't know what am I gonna do. What am I gonna do? Where am I gonna go? I don't know. He's like, stop being like an unbeliever. Stop being like a pagan. You pagans, right? Might as well be worshiping idols, engraving images, and sacrificing children at the altar. What's, he's saying, hey, guys, this dominates the minds of the unbelievers. It shouldn't dominate your mind. He, he's like, man, but your, your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. So now we're getting a little bit closer. Like, so you know my needs, and I'm still hungry. You know all my needs, and you're looking at my bank account right now. We've got to move on, and we, we start to see a little bit more as the truth unfolds he goes into verse 33 but seek first have you guys ever read this this verse before some of you have seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well i um a few weeks ago i told you about my friend i was sitting and, and having a um, pizza with we were just having having food and we were talking, and I mean, he's a super generous guy and super wealthy guy. Probably the most wealthy people I know, and uh, and I mean, I know a lot of wealthy people, so and uh, right, and so that he, uh, so anyway, we were talking, we we're talking about generosity and talking about all this, and he was telling me something that they did. And I was wondering, like, are you generous now because you have more, or have you always been generous? And he's like, you know, actually, like, it, even when we didn't have much, this has always just been something. Like, we just always wanted to, to trust God with our resources and bless people. And I'm like, all right, so I'm listening now. This might be a good sermon illustration, okay? You got my, got my ears. And, and he, uh, so he was talking. He's like, actually, he's like, I, I don't really tell people, a lot of people this, but there was a season... We had heard from, uh, I think they were hearing a, a teaching. Who's one of those guys? Larry Burkett that does uh, some finance stuff. And, and I don't think he's still living anymore, is he? No, he had he passed away. He's like, oh, so we, were, we had been listening to, to Larry Burkett, and there was a challenge that went out, and he just said, he said, this year, what if you uh, only, like you, you lived off of your paycheck, your salary, and anything else that comes in, you just give it away. If the, anything else comes in this year above your your salary, you just give it away. And he thought, I think we could probably do that. Talk to his wife. Yeah, sure, we'll do it. So just so happens that was like the best year ever. Like like the biggest bonus ever, the I mean the big I mean it was he's he's like, I'm not even joking. It was it was ridiculous the amount like I think a, a family member had died and they had an inheritance. I mean it was like like I except for that, right, God, right? And you're like, nope, nope, you said. I mean, it was so much had come in that it, it doubled their normal salary for the year. And they gave it all away. I'm like, was it hard? He's like, no, it wasn't hard. Because they'd already been practicing. Because they had done this verse, seek first his kingdom. I'm not saying that you, that you have to do this. I'm saying, with, <laughs> like, now Pastor John's saying, give everything else away to us (laughs) (laughs) only if you feel led just pray about it first but I am saying this is what he was doing he said seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well and then Jesus goes on he says therefore so I've said all of this I know you're still hungry I know you have a little bit in your bank account therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough troubles of its own So I just want to back up real quick if you can to verse 33 we, we kind of miss this and all these things this is that kind of that trust place this is that that thing like the pagans run after that stuff it's not because we don't need it the unbelieving mind is consumed with, with, I don't have enough food, and I don't have enough clothes, and I don't have anything to drink. Like, they're, unbe- they're consumed. It's not, it's not that it's bad for us to have those things. Like Actually, we need those things to survive. But he says, if you seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, all these things will be added to you. He says it's just an upside-down kingdom. In other words, if you run after that yourself in your own strength, there's always going to be lack. There's always going to, there's never going to be enough. If you run after that in your own strength and your own wisdom and your own talents and all this, there, you're always going to, no matter how much money you have, you're always going to feel like, oh, it, it's, again, it's that carrot dangling in front of you. He says, but if you seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, it's like you, <laughs> you just get that. You just get to have like it. Like I'll take care of it. You, you, you trust me. That's what he's saying. And when we we talk about this seek first, it's, uh, I, I've been really careful because this this message is not about the tithe. This, this whole series is not about the tithe. Uh, I've intentionally gone that route, but I wanted to sneak it in here for a second. And the reason is, is because it's that word that pops out, seek first. It's the power of the first. And, and it doesn't really matter what it is that we give God first. We give God our, our time first. We give God our money first. We give Him, I mean, all throughout the Bible there's the first. You know, you give Him our, our, our firstborn. I mean, it's like first. Because He deserves the first. <laughs> the first was always the best. When we give God, we, we say, well, if I have enough, like, there'll never be enough. And, and he, he, he doesn't like leftovers. He'd rather you not give if you just give Him the leftovers. He just, He, he wants the first. He wants what's right off the top. And Like, if, if I had, if I had a thousand, one, or, or, or ten. One hundred dollar bills in front of me. I, I I don't, and it would be a great sermon illustration if I had ten one hundred crisp one hundreds right here. Wh- which one do I give give to God? The first one. That, that's that's his. That, that gets to be his. Is the first one. When I was a kid, it was like it was ten cents or or, or a dollar. Right. It's like wh- wh- which one do I give God? The the first penny, the first the first dollar that, that that gets to be his and, and and so I look at that and and I know we're all at different places in our in our uh, giving capacity and even in our faith levels and 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 some some even come in with preconceived ideas about the church just wants your money and all of this stuff and and I'm like man I just being honest we're gonna be all right without your money because uh, because God <laughs> He actually likes Spirit of Life Church and wants this church to, to keep going on into the future well past me. Um, and so he'll do, it, he'll do it with or without you. But you want to know what, what God does want? He does want you to be blessed. He wants to be able to unlock blessings over your life. And one of the ways that I have found in my life and in other people's lives is when we seek first. And part of that seeking first is, is the tithe. Now, there may be a starting place for you that, that you work out with you and the Lord, but that needs to be, that's eventually the goal, and then beyond that for some people. Some people talk about the tithe, and uh, um, I've, I've had some, some different thoughts with some different people. You know, one, one thing is, is like um, one of the reasons why people don't tithe, um, just really simple, because they don't have enough money <laughs> I was uh, listening to Dave Ramsey one time. He's like, you want to know the biggest reason people don't tithe is because they're broke. And he's like, that, that's, that makes sense to me. It, But it also, I, I look back at this and I'm just like, it doesn't make sense to tithe. But Jesus is saying, if I seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, then all these things. Like, that's like the biggest faith step. And it's and for me as a pastor to even, like, like, say that, like, I know some of the stories in this room. And, and I just want you to know, like the only reason I can say it is because we've done it too. It's been, sometimes I look and I'm like, I could use that extra 10%. <laughs> I really could. And I've just found that the 90% goes farther blessed than 100% that's not blessed. That's just what I've found. In my life, other things. Some people. I, I've actually. I actually have one conversation with somebody that, about the tithe, and they disagreed with the tithe, and they at least came at it from a good perspective, and um, and they were a generous person. There's, there was only other than that. Anybody that's ever disagreed with the tithe with me, it's been because they wanted to give less. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. But there was one person and we talked about it And, and he was like, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure He's like, as I study scripture And he was studying the Bible He's like, as I study scripture, the tithe is, is under the law And the law was written for the Jews And so, um, and then Jesus came and, and, you know, and so it was under the law It was an Old Testament thing, it wasn't a New Testament he's like, he's like, so he's like, I'm a generous person like, I just disagree with the tithe And I'm like, okay, at least I, had, I understood where he was coming from Because I also like know scripture to an extent A little bit Bit, and uh, I, and this this here's here's the thought on that. If you've ever come from that school of thought, first of all, um, the tithe was started before the law. It was instituted under Abraham way before the law, and so so it doesn't get to get brought up in that conversation. And and the second thing is, watch this scripture in Matthew twenty three. Verse 23, Jesus is talking and he says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth, a tithe, that's what a tithe is, a tenth. You give a tithe of your spices, mint, dill. Now, we've come a long ways because uh, rarely do I get mint and dill in the offering plate. <laughs> but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And then he goes on, he says this, watch. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. In other words, he's like he's like the tithe isn't he's like the tithe isn't as important as like justice, mercy, and faithfulness. He's like you guys are being super legalistic about this and trying to like like say hey we're we're godly because we give money. He's like that's ridiculous. You guys should have should have neglected that and done justice, mercy, and faithfulness. He's like but you should do that and also uh, and also tithe is what he said so you see this jesus when we're talking about the mindset jesus had um, I, I i think jesus tied i think jesus had a mindset that i'm going to give to god first and then he is he the one that actually said seek first his kingdom and his righteousness i, I think about that and i'm like well wh- what's it mean to seek first his kingdom i mean this goes way beyond money this isn't just like uh, no, now we move off the tithe uh, i won't say it again now what's this mean i i I seek first i have got i've got money i've got resources i have got a family i've got i've got things how do i seek first well maybe number one is like what's kingdom mean his kingdom is his domain the king's domain it's his rule and his reign and his righteousness it's it's like what would it look like in heaven on earth Seek first His kingdom, the way He does things. May that be done in your home and in your church and in your city. Would you seek first that? So, so then I start to have a little bit better picture. If I seek first His kingdom in my marriage, that means I'm not worrying about certain things and I'm going to God first. Maybe it has to do with prayer. Maybe, maybe I get on my knees and like, like it looks like there's only $1.72 on my bank account. I seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and then all these things maybe it's my kids and my uh, maybe anybody you don't have to raise your hand anybody have a kid you're praying for that's like a prodigal that's a, that's away ways from the lord and you want them back once maybe maybe a, a better transaction instead of worrying about it is seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and then all these things paul had something to say about contentment Philippians 4 verse 11 he says I'm not saying this because I'm in need he's in prison he says for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty and he says this watch I've learned the secret of being content do tell us Paul in any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. He says this, verse 13, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And I think we're starting to get closer. Jesus was, was, was getting close there when, when he's like, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of this. And, and Paul's getting there. He's like, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And I think Jesus and Paul were thinking about Solomon. I think, they were, I think they had both been reading the same book, the, the, the law and the prophets and the scriptures, and they, were, they, they both had Proverbs. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, our anchor verse for this whole series, just said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. In other words, what's the secret to contentment? trust that's it it's a little bit easier said than done but if you want to live the way jesus is saying seek first his kingdom and his righteousness if you want to this season or any season of your life want to want to walk in contentment this is like i can do all things through christ who gives me strength we go back to proverbs we just say trust i trust you everything is screaming at me to do it in my own strength everything is screaming at me to to figure this out on my own and and to take matters into my own hands and to operate like like in another kingdom not yours but lord i trust you i trust you i trust you maybe we just have to say it over and over again i trust you Until it becomes just this thing that we say and just a good idea, but it becomes something that we actually believe because we take a step of faith and say, God, by my actions, I trust you. Maybe you'll experience that contentment that Jesus was talking about. God bless you guys. Let's stand as the worship team is coming. Jesus.